Portions of this program are pre-recorded. This is the Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. All right, glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It is the Joe Pag Show. Glad to have you on a on a day packed with great interviews. We've got General Flynn, part two. And it's so long, I might not even be able to play the entirety of part two, but it'll be live up on Rumble. The entire thing, curse words and all, um, up on Rumble at 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. So you can go to Rumble and do that, but we'll bring it to you first here. It's not going to be live on Rumble till after we bring it to you on the program. So you, uh, make sure you, you stick around for that. We get into Mar-a-Lago. We get into what the Department of Justice tried to do to him. We'll get into all the persecution he's faced and the fact that he's uh, he's not you know rolling over for it. He's not rolling over. He's going he's gonna to keep it going against the DOJ, and he's going to tell the truth, which we really appreciate. Plus, we have uh, Ken Coleman. He is an author about working about um, about education in this country, from uh, from uh, Paycheck to Purpose is the name of that book. And also, we've got a state representative out of Missouri. Her name is Holly Rader. Okay, look at that. Her name is Holly Rader, and uh, you're gonna want you're gonna want to stick around for that because she she's gonna tell you about her hard life and how she still succeeded and give you some motivation to do the same. Uh, Carrie, there's a lot going on today. Mm-hmm. And it's Friday. I don't I don't know if I assumed that you were off today on a Friday. <laughs> Maybe that's that, what I, I was doing. I don't know. Give, give you an email for next week. I did not get any email on that, so no, no more email. I haven't written it yet. You're not allowed to. Wow. Not only here, but a little gassy. Appreciate that. What day is it? Where is Bob Guthrie? Let's go. Friday. Uh-huh. Thank God it's... Thank God it is Friday. Yes, it is. Friday. Let's go. Thank God it's Thank God it is Friday. Let's make it a free speech Friday. Let's go. Free speech Friday. Ah, freedom. Uh, freedom. freedom. Uh-huh. Freedom. Say what? Carrie, how are you? You good? I'm great. You are great. That's Polo. Great as well. Sam Spectacular. Let's go. Free Speech Friday. Whatever's on your mind is going to be fair game. If I know something about it, we'll talk about it. If not, we'll move on. I got an email from my guy last night. And again, by the way, um, that was me on the Hannity Show. A lot of people saying that they enjoyed listening to that. Carrie sent me some snide remarks during it. So that means that she liked <laughs> at least it. That's I was what listening. She does. Yeah, I was listening. Well, you had to. You were at work and it was on. Yeah, kind of. I guess, yeah. Did you go out of your way to listen to your friend? No. <laughs> Well, I, and I, did, I didn't know until Sean Hannity said, I'm going to have Joe Paggs next hour. Oh, okay. Well, I was happily surprised because um, Linda, first of all, emailed me at like, I don't know, midnight. Said, hey, can you do tomorrow at such and such a time? I said, sure. And um, and we set it up. And, and then right before I went on today, she said, uh, can I get the lyrics to your song? Hmm. I said, you're going to play the song? I had no idea. And they played Mar-a-Lago, the, uh, the song that I oh, did the other day. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, that was right in the beginning. Gosh darn it. And, uh, and, and, and I, get, I, know, I know you're probably very sad that you missed it. <laughs> but, um, but I was very pleased by that. It was on with Mark Simone, a great host in New York City. And we, we broke down some stuff. Yeah, I've, I've been tweeting about Mitch McConnell should be gone. I don't think this guy should stay the, uh, the leader of the Republicans after the midterm. Whether the Senate goes to the Republicans or not, I don't want him to be the guy. Cause just, what did he say yesterday? Well, you know, we've got some mediocre candidates. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. What? That's the leader of the party? You figure that he'd, he'd be like, yeah, we're going to dominate. We, we rock and crime sucks and inflation sucks and gas prices suck. We've we got to do something about it. 
But no, no, he's like, I'm a turtle. Uh, and and he, he says basically nothing. So I get this. I, I had a great time doing that. If uh, you heard me or saw me or, on Hannity, um, thank you for the, for your kind thoughts. I love being on with him. Because we just, sometimes on a Friday, you get the feeling that Sean just wants to chill out with a couple of friends. Let's talk about some issues. And it was very nice to do today. I get an email last night from a guy who says, how do you know Bob Guthrie? Hmm. I'm like, hmm. I don't think you worked with him. And I used to listen to, to radio. He was, on, he was on the radio in San Antonio for a really long time. And you mentioned him like every Friday. And it's so weird because uh, is there some story there? Hmm. So, Carrie, I thought it would make sense to tell a story. Yes, again. absolutely. I love, 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 love Bob Guthrie. Bob Guthrie, salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. This guy was the coolest dude. So when I came to San Antonio, I've been here 17 years now. And our show is based in San Antonio. Our flagship is WOAI. When I came to San Antonio, I was a TV news anchor in Albany, New York, and I was also doing some talk radio at WGY in New York, in the capital region in New York, and um, and I met the, the vice president of News Talk Sports, Gabe Hobbs. Long story short, he said, hey, the flagship and where Clear Channel, it was called Clear Channel at the time, not iHeartMedia, um, is based in San Antonio, and we're looking to make a change in the morning. Well, what do you say? And I went, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm a TV news anchor here. I'm making a certain amount of money. How much does it pay? It paid less to come to San Antonio. Um, but it was a really good opportunity because the bosses of the, of the entire company could hear what I was doing. So I was like, okay. And I came, and I'm on the way to work the first day. I was the morning host. Polo was my technical director. Polo's been with me that long. Um, and uh, we had two news anchors, Stan Kelly and Bob Guthrie. Bob Guthrie had been there at that point probably 45 years, maybe a little bit more. something like that. So now that he retired after he did 50 years or 52 years, something like that. And I'm on the way to work, and I'm listening to the radio station, and I hear this voice. And I'm like, you must be kidding me. I mean, that can't be a real voice. Now, people oftentimes will say, I'm using a voice changer. It's not my real voice. This is my real, my real voice. And singing-wise, I'm a bass. Uh, but Bob was like a like a subcontra bass. He was like, uh, Bob Guthrie, blah, 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 blah. He just had, I was like, holy crap. So I got to work, and I was like, I got to see this guy. And he was the nicest dude, you know, probably six feet tall, 70 by then or something, and just was very welcoming, shook my hand. I'm Bob Guthrie. Welcome to the program, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, man, this is holy crap. So, like, the first thing I said on the air ever on the station was like, how am I supposed to work with this guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like the quintessential voice of authority on the radio. Yeah. And he'd been at the station for 40 plus years by then. And Carrie, the guy was as nice as I'm saying. I'm not kissing he up. Was he was incredibly kind. And so very sweet. So very sweet to work with. And he was wonderful. also the dad. He was the dad in the morning. I think Paulo can probably verify this. One morning, Chris Russell, may he rest in peace. Um, he brought in some cookies that his wife made. They were Christmas cookies. Paul, you recall where I'm going here? Absolutely. So, uh, Carrie, in the in the the Christmas cookies tasted like licorice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I said, "Why do these taste like licorice?" And he said, "Well, she put anise in in the cookies." Now I'm a child. Yes, you are. What do you, we all know where you're you th- going with this. Sam, any idea what happened when the word anise showed up in the morning show? I have an idea. So, I mean, uh, being who I am, and and Polo was probably red in the face for about a half an hour this morning, and Walter Pasacrina was the sports guy in the morning. Um, and we're, we're all just, I mean, we're dying laughing off the air. And then I go as far as to see, can I say the word anise on the air and keep a straight face? Cause again, Carrie, you're talking to a child here. Uh, exactly. Yep. Poor Bob. But yeah. So 
But Bob was so good. And I couldn't figure out. Well, he got mad eventually. But I couldn't figure out if he was playing <laughs> along. professional. Well, I mean, I said, so, so Chris, these are really good cookies. And this is on the air. So, so what's the ingredient that makes it taste like that? He says, well, well, Peg, that's the anise. I said, I'm sorry? It's got anise in the cookies? And, uh, and Guthrie goes, uh, yes, that uh, tastes like licorice. It's a special ingredient. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Bob, that's great. So what is that ingredient you're talking about? The anise? Yeah, it's anise. Yeah. Oh, so, Bob, so what are you talking about is anise? <laughs> the commercial break <laughs> commercial break comes right and he was just giving you. the straight answer right commercial break comes he walks into my studio i was in a separate studio he said knock it off <laughs> <laughs> like, yes sir yep. yes sir mr guthrie now you got sounds it. good mm-hmm. he but he was uh, and i couldn't tell because i think he was playing playing a lot at first he's answering the question what is anis then he's answering it again and then he then he gets wind of what i'm doing and then he plays straight man for a second. Then he was done with it. Yeah. <laughs> and no more. Yeah. So the story the behind the Friday done. song. Right. I mean, it was just, just that good. Sam, could you have kept a straight face talking about the Annas on the no, radio? I can't even keep a straight face right here. <laughs> and Paula, you were pretty red for, for about a half an hour there. Until Absolutely. Bob pulled the plug and said, just knock it off. Well, I'm not doing this. So, uh, and, I, and I did that to him a couple of other times. I won't get into it. There's a product that he used to advertise for. And um, yes. the product came with an air hole. So that's it. I was talking about the air hole. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is it comes with an air hole. Walked into my studio. <laughs> knock it off. <laughs> so so I, it was I my job it. to try to see if I can get Bob to make me stop. And uh, and he was always very, very good about it. And the guy was just great. When I came to a city I didn't know, I came to a place where I wasn't sure what the heritage was and how people would accept me and whatever else. He was very, very good to me. So when we're, we're doing the Friday song and it's... um. The Friday song that we play now. Thank God it's Friday. And I said, Bob, you could do that part in the song. Thank God it's. You know, I thought he would do that part. <laughs> so he said, uh, What do you mean? I said, Listen to it. It's Friday. Thank God it. I mean, that could be when we get to that part. Why don't you sing that part? Well, I don't know about that. But come on, play along. And by then we were friends. And I'm like, Come on, man. This will be fun. We'll revamp the whole morning show. So Polo plays the song and the. And the Friday part goes, and he goes, Friday! I'm like, okay, there you go. Thank God it's Friday! You know, and, and it was just the best thing I'd ever heard. Well, I think we lost the original recording. So when he retired a, a couple of years later, and, and I think he retired after I left the morning show, so it was probably you know, three or four years after that, um, I, I was like, Bob, dude, I, I, I don't have that audio, and I want to play it on my, on my afternoon show now. And he said... Uh, well, I'll be at the station whatever, whatever day. And I think he and Polo recut it. And he said that I owed him a bottle of wild turkey that I never got him. Shame um, on you. It, it, right, I should have. But he came back and he redid it exactly as he did it before. Polo, do I have that story right? We lost the original one, didn't we? I know he came back and redid it. Uh, he actually did it um, with me where he was um, he was still doing the the like the mid-morning news Okay, but the original one we didn't have anymore because he did it live. I don't know that we that right. We yeah, it. we didn't re- we didn't record that, or if we did, it wasn't like good quality. Uh, right. So that's why that's why we had him record it like again, and then he did it with me. It was so good. It was so good, and he was like, "I was like, Bob, I'll give you some money. I mean, whatever. I'm going to play this in the afternoon." And sadly, I think he went in for like a knee operation, and he passed away. Um, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is horrible." And, and Carrie, you and I went to his funeral. We mm-hmm. spoke about him. We told the stories and whatever. And his fa- I went up to his family and I said, listen, you know, out of respect for you, I'll, I'll stop playing. She said, you got to be kidding me. 
Every Friday at 5 o'clock, Bob would say, shut up. I want to listen to this. And he would listen for you to play it. And he said, I would be honored if you kept playing it. So that's why I keep playing it. Um, because A, it's great. It's just great radio. And B, just love the guy uh, you know who did it for me. And his family, I guess, still get some pleasure out of it, which is good. If they ever said, hey, don't play it, I'd stop playing it. But, but I mean, that's the kind of guy Bob was. Yeah, and I was just going to say, you know, in this business, you run into um, a lot of... A lot of jerks. Low lives. Yeah, a lot I'll of jerks it. and backstabbers. Bob was the absolute opposite, and I loved working with him, and he, he was one of the greatest. Absolutely. The could greatest. not have been a better dude, because with a voice like that, he could have been in New York City 30 or 40 years earlier. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. Mm-hmm. And I think that they tried to get him to go. He's like, nope, this is where I live. This is where I am. And uh, and, and I really, I cherish the, the, the time that I worked with Bob Guthrie for sure. And I'll play that as long as I'm on the radio, as long as I'm allowed. Again, if his family ever had a problem with it, I would stop. But uh, but they've been very gracious with me, and uh, and we certainly miss Bob. That's the story. Hopefully the guy that emailed me is listening and understands the story. Because you're right, every Friday I say, where's Bob Guthrie? And boom, there's his, his incredible voice every time. All right, we've got some issues to get into as well. We've got some stuff that we want to get to. Uh, Carrie, pick a story that you sent me, and, and let's and let's do that. Probably the, the last story, I think. And uh, and again, at the bottom of the hour, we'll have an interview. We've got three interviews today. It's a very, very busy show. But I wanted to take some time to just talk about a, a guy that I still miss dearly today. What, what do you have? Uh, this is from the Daily Mail. New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced the word salesman will be replaced with salesperson in state law at just one week after banning the word inmate as critics slam rising crime rates in the state. Current bail laws in New York do not require anyone arrested of a nonviolent felony or misdemeanor to post a cash bond for release, which complements the overall rate in New York City increasing by 36 percent. Other changes as a result of the decision include all instances of his or her being replaced with their in all statutes regarding the real estate industry. A state senator, Anna Kaplan, who sponsored the bill alongside Senators Alessandra Biaggi, Samra Brooke, James Gogren, and Robert Jackson said jobs have no gender in her justification of the decision. But unfortunately, many of our state's laws still use gendered language when discussing professions that are practiced by people of all genders, Kaplan wrote. The law follows recent amendments made to state laws replacing the term inmate with incarcerated person to refer to people serving prison time. Yeah, see, this is so incredibly stupid. When I was on with Sean today with uh, Mark Simone, who's based in New York, uh, we talked about this. The crime rate is through the roof. The inflation is through the roof. Hochul is surrounded by armed guards as she's taking guns away from people, changed uh, inmate to incarcerated person, and now spent some time on you're not allowed to say salesman anymore. This is how unbelievably stupid this is. That doesn't matter to the people of New York, and I don't just mean the city, the entire state. It doesn't matter to anybody in America, whether you're saying salesman or salesperson or sales lady or whatever. That doesn't matter. What matters is, can my kid come home safe from school today? Will he or she learn something in school today? Can I pay less than $4 a gallon for gasoline? Uh, am I going to be able to go and buy some ground beef and bacon and not break the bank? That's what they care about, but these people are so disconnected. But what I asked today uh, of Mark while we were on with Sean was very simple. Why do you keep electing these people? I mean, that, that's what blows my mind. Okay, Kathy Hochul's a nut job, and she doesn't make any sense and is disconnected from reality. So don't let her be your governor. I have an idea. Get somebody else in there. And, and and yet, as soon as you've got a Curtis Lee up for mayor, it goes to Eric Adams, who's an idiot. As soon as you have um, you know somebody who's up for governor, Andrew Cuomo gets it, and then this lady gets it when he leaves. And now she's neck and neck with Lee Zeldin, who's a Republican in New York, to win her, her job back. 
And she's doing stupid things like this. Your thoughts. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you here. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Because it's happening in New York, you might not think that it affects you. It does. Because there are stupid legislators, there are stupid governors, there are stupid senators, there are stupid um, people who think they're the boss of you in every state in this union. And I don't mean all the governors are stupid, but there are many who are. I don't mean all legislators are stupid, but many who are. I don't mean every senator is stupid or every representative is stupid, but many of them are. And when I say stupid, I really mean more directly they're socialist. They're equity people. They're social justice woke idiots. They're people who don't know about freedom and liberty nor the American way. And they're going to make decisions like this even though crime is 36% higher than it was just a year or two ago. You've got, you've got people making decisions. You can't say salesmen, but you can kill somebody for being Asian at the ATM. That's what you're dealing with. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. I want to hear from you because this has to be stopped, and we the people can do something to stop it. We really can. You don't vote these idiots in anymore. And you make a, you give somebody a really good reason to look at somebody other than the far left wing that they keep on electing. Let me tell you in the meantime, listen, I'm tired of this as well. It's just, it just unbelievable that they're printing so much money. And we're, we're looking at wars, inflation, $30 trillion in debt, looking a lot like 2008 all over again. When millions of Americans watch their retirement savings disappear, while all those in, who invested in physical gold and silver, they ended up being protected at the end of the day. If you've got $50,000 or more in your IRA, your 401k, your savings, you could be at risk again. Right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to add physical gold and silver to the retirement savings. So call 855-936-GOLD. Get a free gold IRA kit and learn how thousands are protecting their retirement savings and adding $10,000 or more in free silver to do it. Gold Co. is the company I recommend for gold and for silver. They've helped place over a billion dollars in precious metals. We could be looking at a recession worse than 2008. We're not sure yet. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. today. G-O-L-D-C-O. You give them a call at 855-936-GOLD. 855-936-G-O-L-D. Make that happen right now. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Frank, quickly, it's all yours. Let's go. Joe, you said something about why do you keep electing the same people? Well, how, how are you going to fix the system if the, the voting systems are already rigged and not fixed yet? That's my question. Well, it's a good question, Frank. I don't think the voting systems are rigged in New York. I think, the, I think New York, because New York City is so blue, so deep blue, are electing these idiots. And you have to go to them and say, I don't care how you feel about these you know, specific political items. I care how you feel about the safety of your family. I care how you feel about paying too much at the gas pump or paying too much in the grocery store. Republicans slash conservatives are not doing a good job of getting that message across. They have to do a better job than that. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. It's going to be um, Holly Rader coming up. She is a state representative in Missouri, state senator in Missouri who's written a book. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pags Show.
Great tag along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady on. She's a state senator in the great state of Missouri where we've got five or six stations now. Her name is uh, Holly Rader. Holly, how are you? Good to see you. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. You are great. I agree with you. The name of the book that you've just written is called Cinder Girl. It's uh, C-I-N-D-R and then space G-I-R-L. And uh, it's basically your life story, which is a story of, I think everybody in America needs to hear right now. You and I spoke just very briefly before we started today. And people like you were somehow were born with, um, with drive and desire. I, I feel the same way. When I was 12, I had my first job. I just wanted to get out there and earn something and, and make something of myself. And I think most people have that same drive. Um, but lately, we've had big government taking that drive away. And people are very quick to say, okay, well, maybe I don't have to work that hard. Maybe I don't have to try that hard. Um, because of your background, your, your upbringing wasn't the best. I'll say it that way and I'll let you expand upon that if you don't mind. Uh, but but do you think that diversity is what gave you that drive and desire to do something different? It absolutely is. I can tell you that standing in the free lunch line for years is what made me never want my children to have to stand in the free lunch line. But but you, you, here, here's the here's the issue. You don't know anything about me. I had daddy issues. My dad wasn't the greatest guy um, when I was growing up. We became good friends before he passed away. But because he basically said I could achieve nothing, I've done everything. Um, because you grow up, you grew up in a situation where there was uh, abusive uh, um, family stuff. There was drug abuse. There was, like you said, free lunch and 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 on food stamps. And it was a dire situation. Didn't that make you want to try that much harder? And, and here's the catch: we don't want our kids to go through the suffering we went through. But without that suffering, maybe we're not who we are. Right. Absolutely. You know, I had to, um, I, I grew up traveling the U S when things, my mother had mental illness and when things would get difficult, she would just put us on a Greyhound bus and we would go to the next place. And, um, at 15, I had to quit school to help take care of my family. By the time I was, I was married at 15 at 16, I had my first baby and I looked at myself in the trailer park and in the one of, of over 30 moves that I'd had since the end of the third grade. And I decided I, I needed something different. I needed to do different for me. I needed to do different for my daughter. And that's what I did. I put my head down and I worked. And this is America. I mean, you can, it, it, I got my GED a few years later. It took me 17 years to get my college degree. But that's what we have. We have so much opportunity. It doesn't matter what our background is. I think it's a great point. It's uh, Missouri State Senator Holly Rader, R-E-H-D-E-R. Uh, go, go to our website, hollyrader.com. Get this book, uh, Cinder Girl. It's a great story. Now, let me ask you this. How did you know what was available? What was it that, that set that light off, uh, that light bulb off on top of your head that said, I've got an idea. There is opportunity in this country, and I can do better than what I'm doing. Because, again, a lot of people who are in that situation have no clue that there's something to reach for. Right. You know, I started working in the mailroom of a corporate cable office making minimum wage, and it wasn't even a full-time job. But I needed a job. I needed more hours. And that's, that's the job that I got. I started, I, I watched the professional women in front of me. I watched the professional men that were working in the offices around us. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. And so I made sure I was there earlier than everyone else. I left later. I worked hard. I kept my head down. And when jobs came open, I applied for them. Some of them I got, some of them I didn't. But, um, 
I, I wanted that. I wanted what I saw in front of me, that you have to get out and work. You have to take a job. I mean, I was a hotel maid for a while. I was a nanny. I worked as a waitress, was not very good at that. <laughs> and that's <laughs> a tough job. Um, but, you know, I did, I did whatever it took. I worked in sewing factories. I did whatever I needed to because I was in survival mode for me and my daughter. And, um, and you know, the more that you work, the, the more that you put into it, God opens doors for you. Yeah. It's uh, Holly Rader. Go to hollyrader.com. Okay, so you talk about your experience. Obviously, you're female. You're a woman. Uh, you've got children now. Um, is there a difference between your experience because you're a woman and the experience that maybe somebody who's a man or a boy uh, and what they're going through, the same, uh, the, the same exact scenery? If you have the same setting, the same everything, is there something unique to being a woman dealing with it? The only unique thing that I think more females will go through than males is if if you're that teenager who's had a baby and it's just you two, right. um, that is the female, it's not the male. But sometimes it is. Um, but that was, you know, I mean, my mama told me I'd made my bed, I needed to lay in it. I mean, she had her own things going on and wasn't going to be able to help me with, with having a baby. I mean, I figured it out. And... But we have that we have that ability. And, you know, so often in being a legislator, one of the things that I've worked on is making sure that with our our welfare system, it's called TANF now, but our welfare system, that we have benchmarks for people to reach because I don't want to just find out the number that we've cut people off of welfare. I want to know how many have hit those benchmarks because you you have to either volunteer, you have to get educated, you have to you know, to break that poverty cycle, you need to be doing something while you're on welfare. Those work requirements are so vitally important for people like me who grew up without anyone working in the home. That's not something I saw. But but you know what the other side says. The other side says, that's unfair. You're being mean. These people are already suffering. Why are you making them suffer more? I'm with you. I don't think anybody should get an unemployment check until they go clean the park or or go, or go, you know, uh, uh, repaint where there's graffiti. Why wouldn't you want to better the neighborhood or do something and then in return you get some sort of compensation? So I'm with you. Whether it's uh, welfare, whether it's TAMP, whether it's uh, whatever it happens to be, if you're going to get something that the taxpayers are helping you from, point A to point B, you should learn a trade while you're doing that. Well, why aren't we there? Why do we fall for the BS from the other side? You and I are very conservative people. Why do we fall for the BS from the other side that says, don't worry, government will take care of you. If anybody gives you a hard time, we'll claim racism or homophobia or something where we'll make you the victim. Why, why can't we sit somebody down and say, this is going to mean you'll, you have a better life if, if you do this? Because we don't have as many people like me that have been through it and that can say, you, you can't, you can't push me around and tell me, no, this isn't the way that it is. I've been there. I've done it. I'm actually the one who has worked my way out of poverty. Yes. I was the teenage mom. I was the girl who, who had to get food stamps. I was the one who had a baby that didn't have any medical insurance. Um, you know, I mean, that's, I, I was the uneducated teenage mom. Um, you can't tell me that working your way out is not the answer because it is. I've done it. And so when we get as Republicans, as conservatives, when we start getting that pushback on the on the floor of the House and the Senate, 
a lot of people sit down on our side of the aisle and it's because they can't speak to it in first person. And so, but, but there's not a lot of people on the other side of the aisle that speak into it in first person either. Well, well, that, well, that's true, but they pretend like they come from the same place. It's like Hillary Clinton showing up in a Southern Baptist church and I ain't got no ways tired. I mean, whatever the hell she did, it didn't make any sense. She, she was not connected with that, with that, um, that life, that society, that community, but she was there. Is it a matter that we just don't show up a lot, the, the people on our side? I, I, think, it, I think it intimidates people mm. on our side because they've never, they haven't gone through it and so they don't want to speak to it and sound like they don't know what they're talking about. For instance, we had a debate going on several years ago when I was in the House, and the debate was about whether we needed, we were trying to get a photo ID on the food stamp card right? Um, for your SNAP benefits. And we had folks from the other side of the aisle stand up and say, that's not happening. People are not selling their, their food stamps. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I still have family doing it in the Save-A-Lot parking lot. Right. Don't it's 50 cents on the dollar. I mean, I know that they are. My family did it. Some of them still do it. So, yes, that it is absolutely needed. Holly Rader is her name. It's uh, H-O-L-L-Y-R-E-H-D-E-R.com. Go to that website. Get her book. It's called Cinder Girl. So it really is that effective. I mean, I, I, I know that if you have experience in something, you can speak better to it. But the person receiving the information really does go, oh, wait a second. You were me? Does that really work? So the people receiving, you mean on like the house floor, the Senate No, no, floor? no. When, when, when you go up to somebody who is looking for benefits and doesn't have the drive and desire to get it done and doesn't think there's opportunity for them, is it that much more effective because you can say, wait a second, I was you. And, and it, if you do what I did, you can, you can make it too. It really is. And, and especially when I speak to children, at-risk kids and go into the high schools or into the middle schools or grade schools, junior highs, and talk to them. I mean, it is like lights come on because these kids have not seen this in their home. They've not seen someone working. And um, and for them to hear about me coming, you know, all the mama's boyfriends that were in the house, the domestic violence, the sexual abuse, the drug addiction, all the things that I saw growing up moving all over the place. It is like a light comes on in their eyes like, hey, I could do that too. I can actually be this. I right. can have hope. And um, we just, we need more of that. We need to break the poverty cycle. We're just, those of us who have gotten out are going to have to be louder about it. The name of the, uh, the the book is Cinder Girl. The website is hollyrader.com. Again, it's R-E-H-D-E-R, hollyrader.com. So Holly, in your book, you talk about dealing with a mom who was struggling with some mental issues. She was being sexually and physically abused. Um, and there are kids out there who are watching now, and even young adults who are watching now, knowing that that's going on in their homes, but many of them are hesitant to do anything about it. First of all, that's their parents and let them deal with it or, or, or whatever. That's the adult. I'm the kid. I don't know. What would you say uh, to give them sort of that push to make a phone call or to speak out about it, tell a teacher, do something. Um, I know that you dealt with that. And, and again, you're like me, we're fighters. We're not really flyers. We don't fly. We, we fight. Um, but many people are more of flight. They'll just run away from it and not do anything about it to, to try to solve the problem. What advice would you give? You know, you have to, you have to speak up because there are people in your life. There are people in your orbit that will be helpful, but until they know what is happening, they cannot help. And, and look, I get it. I mean, 
with domestic violence so many times, when we speak up for our mother or for our sister, it's only to see them go back into it because that's how the cycle works, unfortunately. But sometimes our strength is what they end up relying on. And so it doesn't matter how many times you have to tell, how many times you need to bring it forward. Eventually, your strength is what will help get them out. Yeah, it's, it's very, very well said. And I, I hope that people will heed that uh, those words. HollyRader.com, going to this book, it's called Cinder Girl. Uh, let, me, let me give you this example. You know kids that are growing up in urban areas, that are growing up in lower income areas, where the schools aren't very good and we're not doing anything to make our public schools any better. Um, they look outside and, and the drug dealer's got a bunch of gold around his neck and he's got a BMW and, and that seems to be the way out, man. I want to be like that guy. These are the role models that a lot of people see. Um, how can we, again, persuade them that, listen, you do have the ability to not only succeed, but succeed way past the drug dealer and do it legally and have yourself a great life. Again, you grow up only seeing that as your model, or maybe you watch your favorite sports star, which um, you know you can aspire to be, but most people will never be in the major league sports. What, what do you say to a person like that, dealing with that? You know, I don't know. That's a tough one. You know, that's the only thing that they see so many times. But you just, you know, when it comes to our kids, especially in the inner cities, there are great influences around them. They're pastors. Um, and look, I'm a grandma and, you know, I, I was raising my grandson for a while while my daughter struggled with addiction for many years. And, and now she's almost eight years clean and the best mama I know, That's great. which is amazing. But there, you know, once upon a time, my grandbaby was being pulled out of a meth lab and wow. that, that's the reality of, of some of these kids, but God has put someone in each of their lives and, and they have the strength. God has given us the ability. I mean, just being born in America is so much opportunity, so much more than these other countries have. And, and we have opportunity. I mean, we have so much of it and the kids can become what they want to become without having the violence that they will face from wearing those gold chains around their neck, from having their, their lives shortened, from being a part of that drug culture. I mean, it's it's just so much better to go go the, the little bit tougher route, but you have a longer life and it pays such much larger dividends. It is uh, Holly Rader. She's a, a state senator in the great state of Missouri. Uh, the book is called Cinder Girl. Go to hollyrader.com, R-E-H-D-E-R.com. Uh, go there and get this. So I want to circle back to what I said from the very beginning. Again, these kids don't see that there's other opportunity. And, and I think that it is a tax to faith-based organizations, but central government, liberal, radical, leftist central government wants children, wants all Americans to believe they're the higher power. And they really are eliminating God. They're eliminating the Christian, the Judeo-Christian values that we were founded upon. How do you let a child know that that big government is not mom and dad and pastor and priest and, and uh, you know, uh, imam and, and rabbi? How do we let them know that they're... Because I think the faith-based organizations are backing off some. I think they're afraid to go in there because they're going to be persecuted by the government. They are. They absolutely are. And... You know, I mean, what I do, I think it's up to all of us that that have gotten out, certainly out of poverty, but all of us as parents to, to make sure that we're talking to our kids and to our kids' friends. And that and I go into the schools and talk to kids at risk. I do um, things that, you know, there's a, there's a lot in our communities. I'm rural America, but there's a lot of after school programs that help 
kids that are not quite needing to be at home by themselves. Right. But give them a place to come and play. And I go and visit with those children frequently and talk about, you know, how I got out and, and the things that they have available to them. But, I mean, we absolutely need that more in our schools. And and the system, the system when I was growing up on it was was designed to, I mean, it, it's, I know people do it, want all of these things from a compassionate place in their heart because they really feel that they're helping folks, but it's preventing intelligent people from ever rising to their potential. You just cannot have, you, you can't let your compassion override your common sense. And that's not the way out. It's not working. People have to work. You have to work and better yourself to have better. That's one of the saddest things in society, in any society, is seeing wasted potential. I'm glad that you said that. HollyRader.com, go there, get her book. It's called Cinder Girl. Uh, she's a state senator, great state of Missouri. Holly, we're frankly out of time. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope we sell a million books. And keep on on, on talking to people about your experience, because as you said, your experience is really going to resonate with them. I think you're doing God's work. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It was great. Okay, we'll talk again. Thank you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Uh, great to have you. I appreciate uh, Holly coming on. Holly Rader, R E H. D-E-R. She is a state senator in Missouri, and she's written this book. Um, I, I hope you go and check it out, Cinder Girl. And uh, it's it's quite the story, and it really does rely on your knowledge of the American dream, the opportunities that are available here, and going and getting them. I think a lot of people think the dream isn't for them. It's for everybody. That's what this, this country was based on. So uh, go and get that book. We really, really appreciate her coming on. Next hour, part two of my interview with General Flynn. Now, I am going to to put the entire thing up, curses and all, um, later on on Rumble. But make sure you stick around for this because after the interview, he said, I talked to you about things I've never talked to anybody about, which I thought was pretty cool. Make, make sure you stick around for that. 888-941-PAGS. You want to email me? JoePags.com. Scroll down to the bottom. Click on contact. And we're coming back. Joe Pags. <laughs> 